Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, kiddies. Your old pal here, the Joker. Talking to you about Riley and Kimmy. When I'm not out trying to kill the Batman, I like to sit back with a nice Keontae and listen to Riley and Kimmy. I might kill them. <laughs> the Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this Sunday Funnies episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. It is January 28th. We are out and about today. We hope to see you. That's if you're in Central Florida. Right next to me is the person who's quite happy. Jenny, I got one name. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. You're a good-looking fellow, do you know that? People laugh at you. People hate you, but why do they hate you? Because they are jealous! Look at that boyish face. Look at that sweet smile. You are not evil. You are Good. That's right. Uh, somebody has finally said it. <laughs> That's true. And I am good. And well, Kimmy is something else. Yes, she's always doing something new. That's what I like. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And how are you? Awesome. Oh, it's a fantastic day. It is a Sunday. Sunday morning, up the lock. Think I'll take a walk in the park. Hey, 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 it's a beautiful day. Ha, 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 beautiful Sunday. It's a beautiful day. The Riley and Kimmy shows out and about. This is one of the times Kimmy likes a Sunday, right? Yeah. Now, usually you don't like Sunday typically, right? No, usually but, not. But this is a difference, right? Because you are somewhere that is surrounded by comic books. As you know, I'm quite keen on comic books. Especially the ones about superheroes. Yes, there are plenty uh, where we are. And others, too, including horror the Riley and Kimmy Show is at the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. It's going on till 5 o'clock today. We're out at the Florida Hotel. That's right next to the Florida Mall on Sand Lake Road. Beautiful new location for the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. If you've been to previous Orlando Toy and Comic Con events, this one is in a bigger, and I, I can say this, better environment. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Oh, spacious and tons of vendors you will find something collectible here i'm sure that you like not just comic books not bashing comic books there are more than that here it, this is definitely a pop culture event you'll be able to find that pop vinyl that hot toy that oh that certain statue uh the collectible and from today and yesteryear too yes so stop on by come on out 
That is to the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. And by the way, meet the co-creator of The Walking Dead, Tony Moore. He is here. He is signing. This is a rare appearance by him. Come on out, meet him, talk to him about The Walking Dead, his co-creation, and other things, too, he's been involved in. Fascinating individual. He's somebody who knew from childhood what he wanted to do, and he's living his dream. He talks about that. It's really cool. Wanted to get into uh, working in insects, Kimmy. That was originally what he started as a little kid. Wanted to kind of do that, but loved comic books and then decided that's what he wanted to do. And so when you kind of think about it, he's kind of combined that insect thing with the the art thing because, you know, zombies. Oh, yeah. You know, they, I think they have quite a few bugs hanging around them, don't you? I think so. Uh, yeah. Well, meet him. He is here. Also, Billy Tushy of Sergeant Rock, the Lost Battalion fame, and his own creation, she, Frank Terry of Harlequin, Batman, Deadpool, and Wolverine fame, is here too. Ryan Stegman of Superior Spider-Man, Scarlet Spider, Wolverine, Ryan Otley of Invincible, Nick Bradshaw, Wolverine, X-Men, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh boy, this list continues. There's local artists here, creators. You'll be able to find special art for your walls, be able to talk to people about how to get into comic books and just how to write and things like that. I mean, it's it's a fantastic day to meet great cosplayers like, oh, Cecil Grimes, fantastic Walking Dead cosplay. Mm-hmm. You, you, you just won't believe your eyes. Also, Thomas Blasco of Bat Tech Cosplay with his brand new cosplay, Martian Manhunter. Yeah. You will want to get your picture taken with the Martian Manhunter. Also, Princess Lamari here and many others the list just goes on and on and on. Check out the Orlando Toy and Comic Con's website. That's orlandotoyandcomiccon.com. Also, their Facebook page. They'll have more information. And oh, before I forget, Kimmy, there will be this big thing called a costume cosplay contest. Dressing up in costumes, playing silly games, hiding out in treetops, shouting out rude names. No rude names because I will not be participating in the cosplay contest. Now, if I was in it, there would be rude names being shouted out, but there won't be any rude names shouted out because I am not cosplaying. Right. So everything's going to be nice, right? Absolutely. Especially going to be nice because Florida con artists are hosting the cosplay contest. Big thank you going out to Charles Watson and Tia for uh, being part of this and making that part happen. The cosplay contest starts at 4 o'clock, runs till 5. Yeah, plenty of time to come on out. There's... There's a, a kids division and an adult division. So come on out, meet the superheroes, get your pictures taken, and possibly participate in the cosplay costume contest. We would love to see you at the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. Please check our social media links today. I guarantee there will be certain nuggets, certain surprises, some things I'm not able to divulge right now on this episode that are going on right now as you listen to this. So go to our Facebook page, the best way to see what is happening. We will have videos and also posts about some special things going on today with the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. You can find our Facebook page, social media links, including easy ways to take the Riley and Kimmy show anywhere on planet Earth. That is with iTunes, iHeartRadio, and also SoundCloud and archived episodes all on our website. What's our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. (laughs) 
Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play again? That's question on the Sunday Funnies. Can Kimmy go back in time? Can she focus? Even though the Orlando Toy and Comic Con is going on, can she focus and challenge her brain cells with the thrilling days of yesteryear and some trivia pop culture-wise? What say you, Kimmy? I'll, I'll try to hang in here. That's all we can ask. One of the things I need to stress is the timeline. It might be a little adjusted, or it may not be, so it might be running in chronological order, or it may not. Help Kimmy out with answers. Shout out to whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. It could be anything, because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. That's the Riley and Kimmy show. Very first category we have for you, Kimmy, revolves around the world of the toy. How do you feel about a toy collectible category? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are looking for a year, Kimmy. We will give you a plus or minus of five years when the Lego company patents their design of Lego bricks. Now, that original patent is still compatible with the bricks produced today. So if you had it from whenever, you could add it to whatever of today now to give you a a little bit to think about that five year plus or minus here is a rewind a retro lego commercial lego is here hey kids look a whole new world to build because lego is here Lego, a whole new world to build. This young girl had such fun. She used Lego one by one with a knickknack. Paddy built a house of brand. This young girl's a Lego fan. Build hotels, animals, people, boats, skyscrapers, and more. So kids, get your Lego set now at department and toy stores everywhere. Lego, the sensation of Europe, now made in America by Samsonite, who make it better for longer-lasting fun. Kimmy, can you tell me the year it was patented in the United States? Um, Give me the year within five. 1960? Kimmy gets it within five. 1958 is when the patent was, uh, you know, done. But it was actually made its appearance in the United States before that, approximately 1955. Lego. Never played with Legos, did you? No. Never saw them, actually, where I grew up out in the sticks, out on the, uh, not out in the prairie of the United States. Nobody at the little farm school I went to had Legos. Yeah. I never saw Lego commercials, never saw Legos anywhere. Yeah, me neither. And you grew up in the big metropolitan area of Chicagoland. Uh-huh. It was on this date, 1958. Tell me why this person is famous. Roy Campanella was seriously injured in an auto accident in New York, and he could no longer return to work. What was his work, Kimmy? Uh, baseball? You're right. Bonus points if you could tell me what team he was playing for. The Yankees? Played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. It was on this date, 1973. This TV show makes its debut. Identify the TV show and tell me the network that aired it originally. (laughs) 
One of my favorite TV themes of all time. Kimmy, can you tell me the name of this TV show? Kojak? No. I'll let you listen to it again here. Um, Canon? No. It's connected to Canon, though. Barnaby Jones? Yes, Barnaby Jones. Tell me who the star of Barnaby Jones was. Buddy Epson. Yes, and tell me the network it aired on originally. ABC? No, it aired on the same network Canon did, which CBS. was CBS. And by the way, the two shows did have some tie-ins because, oh. because Barnaby Jones' son was murdered, and that's why he came back out of retirement to take over the detective agency, and Canon helped Solve the crime. Mm. That's how they, the, he was introduced on canon. Barnaby Jones, the character was. Mm. Did you ever watch uh, Barnaby Jones? Mm-hmm. Right now, Me TV, not right this moment, but during the very early hours of every weekday, they run canon. They're not running Barnaby Jones. I wish they would run them both. Like, oh, yeah. Like back to back. I think uh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Canon, tell you what, that's an interesting show to watch. Seeing Cannon, William Conrad, who I love, one of the best voice talents of all time, doing Kung Fu. Wow. Yeah. Because of the karate, Kung Fu, martial oh. arts, 1970s, early 70s, mid 70s, mm-hmm. you know, popularity. It's, it is, that's, that's, that's worth staying up or getting up very early in the morning to check out. That's me TV and catch Cannon. So on this date, Kimmy, I'm looking for the year exactly. United States Space Shuttle Challenger exploded just after takeoff on this date. All seven of its crew members were killed. What is the year? 1986. Exactly right. Tell me the name of the teacher, the teacher astronaut who passed away. Uh, Chris McCullough. What was that again? Chris McCullough. McCullough. We'll accept that. Judges say that's close. Krista McCullough passed away. She was one of the crew members. It was on this date. 1978, this recording group made an appearance on a certain TV show. First, we'll deal with the TV show. Identify the TV show they appeared on. The year is 1978. perplexed look on her face. I wish this was a video episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Can you identify that TV show? Kimmy 1978. Mm. Aired on ABC. Mm-mm. One of its characters' names was Rerun. What's happening? <laughs> that's, that's right. What's happening? 1978. A recording group appeared on it. Now, we have a sample of a song that would become popular right about that time, just a little bit afterwards. Become a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me the group that appeared on What's Happening. Everybody else would surely know Who's watching Can you tell me the name of the group that appeared on What's Happening 1978? The Doobie Brothers. That's right, Kimmy. Celebrity wedding time, Kimmy. 
It was on this date, 1982, two actors got married. Actress Rhea Perlman, known for Cheers. You know, she played Carla on Cheers. She marries her longtime friend, an actor. Identify who she married. My name is not Oswald. It's Penguin. I am not a human being. I am an animal. Cold-blooded. Crank the AC. Where are my lists? Bring me the name. Can you tell me who she married? That was, you know, from the wedding right there. No, can you tell me who she married? Danny DeVito. That's correct. 1982. And just recently, actually March 26th of 2017, DeVito acknowledged on CBS Sunday morning that he and Perlman have separated and they're not planning on getting a divorce. Now, they have separated before and gotten back together. Okay. Little, uh, hmm. little Hollywood update there for you, Kimmy, on the Riley and Kimmy show. The year is 1985. This song was recorded. Tell me the name of the song. More than 40 artists are involved in this recording. Tell me the name of the song. There comes a time when we heed a certain call, when the world must come together as one. There are people dying, oh, when it's time to lend a hand to life, the greatest gift of Tell me the name of that song, Kimmy. We are the world. We are the world. We are the children. We are the ones who make Staying in music, the year is 1990. This recording artist performs the national anthem at the Super Bowl. The year is 1990. Tell me who it is. Kimmy says she knows who it is who performed the national anthem the year 1990. Aaron Neville? How did you know that? Voice? That is amazing. Kimmy did it? She is truly the Riley and Kimmy Show's audiophile. The year is 1993. It's time for, well, celebrity wedding again, Kimmy. Yes, 1993, actor Robert Foxworth. You know who he is? Remember him at all? He did a lot of 1970s and 80s TV. Hmm, no. Okay, Robert Foxworth marries a very famous actress. Identify who he marries with this audio clue. Mother, what are you doing here? I'm married. He's not a witch. He happens to be, if you'll excuse the expression, a normal, mortal human being. Mother, you'll leave him alone. He's a dear, sweet, wonderful, perfectly marvelous man. Can you tell me who that is? Elizabeth Montgomery. From what TV show? Bewitched. Going to 1996, this recording artist made an appearance on this NBC TV show. Let's first deal with the TV show. Tell me what TV show the recording artist appeared on. Can you tell me the name of the TV show, Kimmy? Friends. That's right. Here is a sample of the recording artist. Tell me who it is. What a wicked game. 
Who appeared on Friends 1996? Chris Isaac. That's correct. The year's 1996. We're staying there. We haven't left. This recording artist performs as the featured halftime performer at the Super Bowl. Listen carefully. Tell me who did the halftime. Who performed the halftime? Diana Ross. That's right. 2013, Staying in the World of Music. This single is released. It would peak eventually at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me who the recording artist is. Not really sure how to feel about it. Something in the way you move. Makes me feel like I can't live without you. It takes me out the way. I want you to stay. The song is Stay, released on his date 2013. Who is the recording artist? Rihanna. Celebrity and notable birthdays. This individual is a movie star, but known for a TV series that he starred in from 1972 to 1983, Kimmy. Identify the TV series. Can you tell me the TV series? MASH. That's right. Tell me who the birthday person is once you identify him. Tell me how old he is within five years. By the way, he was in all. He's the only one, the only cast member to appear in all 251 episodes of Mash. You want to see agitated? I can be aggravated, infuriated, frustrated, vexated, and irritated. No, I'll tell you what I find upsetting is being in here. I want you to get me out of here. I don't care how you do it. You can put me on a plane, on a train, on a bus, on a slow boat to China. I'll go out on a mouse-drawn chariot. I don't care what. Can you tell me who's celebrating a birthday? Alan Alda. Yes, how old is Alan Alda today within five? Uh, 75? Alan Alda today is celebrating his 82nd birthday. Next person, actor. Part of what I call forgotten Hollywood, an unfortunate category, talented actor. Nicholas Pryor having a birthday today. Film credits include appearing alongside William Holden and Lee Grant in Damien, Omen 2 from 1978. He played one of the sick passengers in Airplane in 1980. He was, well... Tom Cruise's father in the movie Risky Business. I'm sure you've seen that in 1983, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't see it in 83, but you know the movie from 1983. And he was also on Beverly Hills 90210 from 1994 to 1997. He played the Chancellor of California University. And by the way, one of your favorites, Kimmy, he appeared on General Hospital in its spinoff Port Charles in the late 1990s and 2000s. That is the birthday person, Nicholas Pryor, celebrating his 83rd birthday. Recording artist having a birthday. Tell me who it is once you identify her. And tell me how old she is. You have a plus or minus of five years. Here is your first clue. A hit, number four, from 1998.
Gimme, who is the birthday person? Mm, I can't think of her name. Here's clue number two, a hit from 2003. Can you do it? Who's celebrating a birthday, Kimmy? Is it? Sarah McLaughlin? Kimmy got it right. Yes, Sarah, celebrating a birthday today. How old is she within five years? 50. You're exactly right, you groupie. Next individual actor best known for his high-profile leading role as Frodo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings trilogy from 2001 to 2003. But you actually know him. You are fond for him for appearing in a certain movie back in 2005. He played... A vicious killer that you never saw his eyes because of the reflections. Well, the reflection in the glasses he wore kept his eyes hidden. He played Kevin, the one who never said a single word and fights with Marv, not once but twice. Wins once, loses the second time. Tell me, Kimmy, who's celebrating a birthday today who starred in Sin City as Kevin? Elijah Wood. Yes. How old is he within five years today? 45. No, Kimmy. Elijah Wood celebrating today his 37th birthday. I think you did a fantastic job today considering the Orlando Toy and Comic Con is going on and you are highly distracted. I know. (laughs) Thank you for participating, Kimmy. Can I go play now? Yes, she can play. She can actually play video games. Classic arcade games are available right now for free at the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con, courtesy of Free Play Florida. Big thank you going out to Brian Jones, Brandon, and Marcy from Free Play Florida for bringing those. Have some fun. Play some classic video against Kimmy if you like. That ought to be interesting. I'd love to get video of that. Kimmy, we're going to honor something we talked about on Trivia with a couple of things, a little special episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, as we go back in time in just a few moments on the golden age of radio. On the Riley and Kimmy Show. Radio was new. Radio, someone still loves you. We mentioned just moments ago that actor Alan Alda is celebrating his 82nd birthday today, and he was actually no stranger to the golden age of radio. We have an example of his old time radio work. Now, keep in mind, he is quite young on this example. Long. I mean, this is long before he became famous on MASH. We have the radio production called A Bad Day's Work. Alan Alda plays a rookie cop assigned in Harlem whose actions cause a riot. Fantastic performances by Alan Alda and the support cast. Great writing. This is one of the last examples of the golden age of radio this is when it was being phased out but the production quality is fantastic and the acting is just great now following that we have a tribute to actor nicholas Pryor, who is celebrating his 83rd birthday we have a golden age of radio production of oscar wilde's classic the picture of dorian gray nicholas Pryor stars as dorian gray now for those who don't know dorian gray this is a chance to enjoy a classic the plot of Dorian Gray. In an exchange for eternal youth, a man makes a deal with the devil and gives up his soul. 
As he is consumed by evil, his portrait changes to mirror the abomination he has become. And this is one of the best radio performances of the picture of Dorian Gray that I know of. And we have Nicholas Pryor, who's celebrating his birthday, starring in that. We kick off the tributes with Alan Alda. This is a bad day's work on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Now stop or I'll shoot! Don't do it! Ah! Hey! Ah! Oh, kid, what's happening? All right, let me through. All right, all right, stand aside here. Let me through. You're not a doctor, are you? I'm a friend. All right, get away from me. Yeah, anything you say, officer. Looks like you're gonna have to shoot him again, don't it? He ain't dead yet. Theater 5 presents Mr. Alan Alda and Mr. Frederick O'Neill in A Bad Day's Work. so late? I had to go back to the precinct house for a while. I had some, uh, there was, there was trouble. I, mm-hmm. Listen, you want to fix me a drink? Oh, honey, I don't think you've got time for a drink. I told you, dinner's already cold. So let it freeze. Well, what's the matter with you? Look, Claudia, I want a drink, that's all. Is that such a big thing? Fix me a drink, will you? When I got this lousy uniform off. Lousy uniform? Now make it strong. Boy, has this been a day. Okay, so, well, it, it's only, uh, you know, kind of a mixed-up casserole. I can heat it up. Uh, make it a little crusty on top, but, uh, you want soda? Yeah, not too much. What happened? Look, I spent the afternoon telling Lieutenant Day what happened. A thousand times I told him. You want me to go over it all again for you now? Here's your drink. Don't you want one? I didn't have a bad day. Hmm. Oh, they, oh, they shouldn't have assigned a rookie to Harlem. Now, I said that right from the start. They should. Now, what's Harlem got to do with it? I mean, what's wrong with Harlem? Well, I only. I mean, is Harlem that... any worse than Central Park, maybe, or the well, subways, or the village? <laughs> you have to shoot a man. You have to shoot him, no matter what beat you're walking. Oh, Mike, you didn't. Yes, I did. I mean, what oh. do you think they give me this gun for anyway? Ballast? Did you have to, Mike? Yes, the way I saw it, I had to. Oh, Mike, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Was it a colored man? Yes. Just a kid, actually. Couldn't have been more than 18 or 19. Oh. Nice-looking boy. Is he... is he dead? Critical. He could die, all right. Look. The kid snatched an old lady's purse and took off. Right under my nose, he snatched it. What was I supposed to do, look the other way? The purse had 63 cents in it. Oh, my God. Was it such a terrible crime as all that? I mean, was it bad oh, enough now, for shooting? Oh, don't start or... that. I did it by the book, exactly by the book, the way they taught me. I warned a kid. I fired once over his head. I warned him again, and then I shot him. And what, what do you think they teach us that stuff for anyway? If it's not, if it's not, not for real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I only, only meant to wing him. 
I was running. See, I guess I, I aimed a little bit too much to the left. It caught him just under the right shoulder blade. Oh. Oh, what was I supposed to do, let him get away? Uh, look, you want to eat now? I, I guess it's not too cold. No, I want another drink. I don't know. I don't think I can swallow anything solid. I'll fix myself another one of these. And then I'll... Mike! Mike, it's a rock! Somebody threw a rock through the window. Get down. Get on the floor. Get in behind the couch. I'll get the lights. Mike, I can't see anything. Neither can they. Neither can who? I don't know. I don't know for sure yet. I'll see if I can find out. Friends of the kid I shot, I guess. That's what it looks like anyway. Shouldn't you stay away from the windows? I'll have to call the precinct. Maybe Lieutenant Day's still there. Oh, my... Oh. If you wouldn't keep moving the furniture around... Oh, sorry. Strike a match. I can't see the dial. Well, why don't you just get the operator? When you want the police, all Will you have to do is just... Will you just strike a match, like I said? Okay. Blow it out. Come on, come on. So answer it, will you? Hello, Lieutenant. Mike, Mike Sanders here. Yeah, look, look, there's... Yeah, well, you said to let you know if... if... Lieutenant, Lieutenant, there's like a mob out front of my house that just threw a rock through the window. Well, I don't know, it must be 10 or 15. It's hard to tell. Okay, okay, Lieutenant, yes. Uh, and you might tell them not to take too long, either. I don't know what these punks are going to do when they get tired of throwing rocks. Well? The lieutenant's going to send some of the riot squad boys over to get us out. Did you ever hear of the Oceanside Hotel? In New York? No. Neither did I. Lieutenant Day said he'd fix us up with a room there for tonight. Some hotel... I know convicted felons with better accommodations. A real sport, that Lieutenant Day. No, it's all right, Mike. Hey, did uh, did anybody get hurt when they came into the house? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Riley fired a couple of times, but into the air, he said. Uh, you, uh, you brought your gun, didn't you, Mike? Yeah, Riley told me to. Well, take it off, will you? Okay. I think I'll see if I can get them to issue me a new one. You know, <laughs> like it was the gun that killed the kid instead of me. Oh, don't brood, Mike, huh? I need a drink. I wish you wouldn't. Oh, for the... Come on, for Pete's sake, Claudia. If you're going to be a... You're going to turn it... Mike. I'll get into the bathroom. Why? Get out of the line of fire, just in case. Uh, Mike. I get into the bathroom. Okay. Who's there? It's Dave. Open up. You and the missus fixed up all right, sir? Yeah, sure, sure, Lieutenant Day. Come in, come in. Yeah, but we, uh, we haven't checked the mattress yet. <laughs> well, the presidential suite at the Ritz wasn't available. Oh, you can come out, Claudia. Claudia, this is Lieutenant Day, my wife, Lieutenant. Evening, Mr. Sanders. Sanders, did you recognize anybody in that mob you had out at your place? Well, no, sir. The light outside wasn't very good, you know. Okay, okay. Mm. Incidentally, we identified the boy you shot. Name of Eddie Brock, 18, high school dropout. No police record, but buddy-buddy with a lot of punks who do have records. How, how is he, Lieutenant? Critical. Well, his old man's the one we've got to worry about. 
How's that? The Reverend Nelson Brock. A minister in Harlem and pretty important up there. He could make trouble for us. Well, but I mean, Lieutenant, the kid did snatch a purse. No matter, no matter who his father was, he was... He was he was hanging on to it for dear life when I got to him. Doesn't matter what else they say, you know. I mean, he was... Now, that'll be for me. Day speaking. I see. Who have you got on it? That sounds okay. How about the kid? Oh? When? Okay, Sergeant. Well, I'll be back there in 10, 15 minutes. Is the boy all right, Lieutenant? There's a real all-out type riot building up around there. Storefront smashed, looting all the rest. Well, the, the boy, Lieutenant. Less than ten minutes and already they're tearing Harlem apart. The boy's dead, Sanders. What are you going to do? You're just going to pace up and down that way all night? Maybe. Where's the phone book? Hmm? Oh, in the drawer of that night table there by the bed, I think. Uh, who are you going to call? Nobody. Well, then, what do you want? I'm, uh, going out. Out? Out. You'll be all right uh, here for a while. Well, where are you going? I'm going with you. No, you're you. not. No, you're staying right here. Well, tell me where you're going. All right. To see this man, Brock, the kid's father. Oh, Mike. No, you can't. I've got to. No, please, no. Look, I don't expect you to understand how I feel, Claudia. Just please try to accept it. Can't you do that? All right. Well, if you feel you have to, then I, I guess... you won't be long, will you? It's hard to tell. Well, I don't know whether I can take it or not, just sitting here. All right, look, I'm sorry, honey, I'm sorry. I'll make it as fast as I can. All right. It's in Harlem, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Then you're going to take your gun, aren't you? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I won't need it. Oh, Mike, they're rioting up there. Lieutenant Day said so. Will you feel better if I take it? I will, yes. Okay. I don't like the way the thing feels anymore. I'm sorry, I don't want to see anyone tonight. Well, I, I, I won't keep you long, Mr. Brock. I just, uh, it's, uh, it's important to me. Well, I'm, I'm mourning the death of my son. He was killed today. Mr. Brock... My name is Mike Sanders. Patrolman Sanders. I'm the man who shot your son. Oh? Oh, well, you better come in. Thank you. What do you want from me? I don't know. I... I, I know how it's going to sound if I say I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Well, I never took a human life before, Mr. Brock. I took all that target practice, and I was pretty good at it, and I, I got a kick out of it, I admit it. But I, I just never connected it with 
shooting at somebody. If you come here expecting some word of comfort from me, well, I'm afraid I'll, I'll have to disappoint no, you. No, it, it isn't that, Mr. Brock. I just... Yes, I'm a minister of the gospel, but I'm not a saint, Mr. Sanders. I must not allow hatred and the wish for vengeance to enter my heart, but there's an awful lot of human weakness at work there, Mr. Sanders. It just sees you as the man that killed my boy. No, you, you don't understand. Uh, I, no, I, I didn't come here begging for forgiveness or expecting to be welcomed or comforted or any, any of that. Then why did you come? What, to comfort me? Well, maybe. I, I, I don't know. It's... Look, I have my faith to comfort me, my conviction that no man is alone as long as he knows where to look for God. Now, maybe that's where you ought to look, Mr. Sanders, instead of here. Look, one thing I've got to say. I, I don't actually feel guilty. I'm sorry, sure. But not guilty like a man who's done a real wrong thing. My son was a thief. Is that what you're trying to say? No, no, no. Your son was a boy. A scared boy. I know that now. What I did was as an officer of the law. And I was trained to do it. It's, it's, it's what I'm for, don't you see? Look, if you can't even tell me why you're here, Mr. Sanders... Look, I've, I've got this... I don't know, it's... An empty feeling. I, I... Regret is the word, I guess. I'm part of this system, but I'm, I'm not sure that I like the system much. Not right now. All right, then. If that's all... Okay, then... okay. I just, you know, just wanted to offer you my sympathy, I guess. Whether you want it or not. Maybe I shouldn't have. You hear that? That crowd outside? Yes. I expect they, they know you're up here. Uh, Mr. Sanders, I, I think you'd better stay away from that window there. No, no, I... no, no, no. Clo close the window, Mr. Sanders. Close it. Don't close it. Don't you realize? I want to listen. I want to hear what they're saying. It's my wife. It's Claudia. It's my wife. Let me see. Let me see. You've got her, Mr. Sanders. That's Tucky Anderson holding her there. And the Weaver boy. They were Eddie's friends. They've got your wife. Claudia, what are you doing here? Please, please, get back from that window. But she's... she's... Hey, Sandy, you want to come down here with us? I don't want to watch from up there where it's safe. Stay where you are, Mike. Yeah, we got some plans for your wife. Sandy. I'll show you. Like your wife says, Mr. Sanders, stay where you are. Those boys will make mincemeat of both you and your wife if you go down there now. Have you got your gun with you? No. That bulge under your coat. All right, all right. So I've got it. So what? Well, so you may have to use it again. Go to the window and show it to those boys. Show them you've got it. Tell them you'll use it. They know you can now, don't they? Tell them let your wife go. Well, aren't you going to do it, Mr. Sanders? Are you afraid? Afraid? No, no. Well, not to, not to show myself anyway. I think I'm scared of the gun. Well, just fire over their heads. You don't have to hit anybody. Just, just frighten them, you know. Let the woman go. You see the gun? Let the woman go. You have to fire. Just frighten them, Mr. Sanders. Go ahead. Go ahead. I can't. I can't pull the trigger. All right, give me that gun. talk to them. You down there. You so-called friends of my son. I want to talk to you. I've got a right. 
You old friends of my son, my boy Eddie. That is, you say you were. He spent his time with you on the street corners, and you taught him what he knew. Yes, all the bad things, like purse snatching. You put him in front of that bullet, so if you're looking for his murderer, just look at yourselves, each one of you. You're just as guilty. Silence! Be quiet down there. Maybe you feel lost and scared like he did. Mad at the world like I am sometimes. And you want to strike out against something, anything. But you're using Eddie's death as an excuse for violence. For your own kind of godlessness. Do you hear me? Well, it's not the kind of monument I want for my son. And it's not the kind I'm going to have. Now you tell me the sand is loose. Let her come into this building. Up to this apartment, alone. Then you go home where you belong, you hear me? Are you nuts or something, Mr. Brock? Tucky? Answer me, Tucky. Hey, yeah, I'm Tucky. What do you want? Look at this. You see it? It's Mr. Sanders' gun. You see it plain, don't you? Are you going to let Mr. Sanders go, Tucky? Yeah, you can take the side of a bond. Well, that may be, but I'm going to say a little prayer before I pull the trigger. That's the chance you'll have to take. I expect she'll be glad to take it the way things are. Now, I've got this gun pointed right at you, Tucky, and I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, if you haven't let Mr. Sanders go, I aim to pull this trigger. One! Ah, oh, you kidding. You couldn't do it. Two! You wouldn't, would you, Mr. Brunk? It's out of my hands. Three! <laughs> you winged him, Mr. Brunk. God forgive me. I've got plenty more bullets left in this gun. Now you send Mrs. Sanders in here or I'll shoot again. Now I may hit one or I may hit another. But I can't help hitting somebody. They've let her go. Oh, please, God, help her, help her, please. She can hardly walk. I'm going down to meet her. All right, all right, but don't let them see you. Could set them off again. Now listen to me, all of you. I want you to go home. Get Tucker to a hospital if he's hurt, and then go on home. It's been a bad day's work all around. It's left us all stinking of sin. Now go home now, and pray to God for forgiveness. If we remember how. I'm so sorry, Mike. Right, right. I'm sorry. It's all right. I didn't know what it was. No, no, I, I, no, I, mean, I, okay, I just sat there the whole time. I sat there, and I couldn't take it anymore. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> The crowd's breaking up now, Mr. Sanders. Take, take your wife home. Mr. Brock, I want to, I want to thank you. No, I, I don't think I care to hear any thanks for what I've done tonight. Here, here, here. Take the gun. No, no. Uh, you, you, you can keep it. You think I want it? You think I'll ever have use for it again? All right, I'll take it. I, I, uh, I'll have to turn it in tomorrow anyway. Turn it in? I'm through, Claudia. I'm not a cop. I never was. I want to... I want to get out of this town. I want to go away. Where to, Mrs. Sanders? Where there are no purse snatchers? Where there's no difference in skin? Where there's no need for law enforcement? Well, I can tell you there's no such place, and you know it. Whether you like it or not, this town is your home, and law enforcement is your business. You're a police officer. I don't want to be a police officer. Look, Mr. Sanders, right now, I don't know if I want to be a minister, or if I'm fit to be one. But I am a minister of the gospel, and I aim to be a minister of the gospel until I die. Now, are you any less than I am? 
<laughs> the thing is, I just... I just don't think I can. Oh, go home. Go on home now. Go home and rest. You've had... You've had a terrible day. We've all had. All right, okay. I'll... Uh, I'll try. Mr. Sanders. Yes? God give you peace. <laughs> Nothing is new under the sun. Women's lib is as old as the Greeks. And the vaunted liberality of our times. You know, do your own thing. Live today, pay tomorrow. Whatever is pleasurable is right. Was more than anticipated by a certain Victorian named Oscar Wilde. Who in 1891 wrote the picture of Dorian Gray. Come with me now to the London studio of the celebrated portrait painter... Basil Holward. A handsome young man, Dorian Gray, is having his portrait painted as he chats with Lord Henry Wharton, a rather dissolute, depraved man about town. Please don't move about so much, Dorian. And don't pay any attention to what Lord Henry says. He has a very bad influence on people. Have you, Lord Henry? A bad influence on people? <laughs> there is no such thing as a good influence, Mr. Gray. All influence is immoral. Oh, why? Because to influence a person is to give him one's own soul. He does not think his own thoughts or burn with his natural passions. Ah, and so when one person influences another, if you were to influence me, for example, your individuality would be to that degree destroyed. Uh, just turn your head a little more to the right, Dorian. Well, I doubt if you could influence me very much, Sir Henry. I'm told you're a very wicked man. Wicked? <laughs> I only believe in living my life fully, completely, in giving expression to every thought, reality, to every dream. Most men believe in virtue. I believe in sin. In sin? Dorian, don't move, please. But of course, the only way to get rid of a temptation is to yield to it. A provocative thought, Lord Henry. The truth, nothing more. You, Mr. Gray... You yourself, a fresh youth of 20 summers. You have already had passions that made you afraid. Thoughts that filled you with terror. Daydreams and sleeping dreams whose mere memory might bring a flush of shame to your cheeks. Uh, perhaps. Take my advice. Live while you're young. Youth is the one thing worth having. Oh, I don't feel that way, Lord Henry. <laughs> because you are young. Have you, youth? But someday, when you're old and wrinkled and ugly, when thought has seared your forehead with its lines, and passion branded your lips with its hideous fires, then you will feel it. You will feel it terribly. You talk too much, Harry. And frankly, I don't much care for these thoughts you're putting into Dorian's head. Well, you'll not talk any longer. The portrait is finished. Come and look at it. Oh. Well, Dorian, what is it? Why did you draw back from your portrait? Don't you like it? Uh, uh, I, uh, I like it too much. Too much. Well, what do you mean? You have, you have painted me as I am, but as Lord Henry just said, someday I shall be old, wrinkled, ugly. Oh, oh, 
come, Mr. Gray. Don't take me too seriously. Many, many years will pass before you are old. But, but why should it be that way? Why should this portrait keep what I must lose? Oh, if it were only the other way. If the picture could change and, and I could always be what I am now, I'd... <laughs> I'd sell my soul to the devil if that could be true. There's a portrait. The portrait's fallen to the floor. God in heaven, Hallward, Lord Henry. You don't think the devil heard me, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing as supernatural as all that, Dorian. I've been meaning to fix a cracked leg in that easel for weeks, and it finally broke, that's all. Is the portrait damaged? No, not in the least. Are you, Mr. Gray? I? Damaged? Did you mean what you said about selling your soul to the devil? Uh, I... I'm not sure. <laughs> but you, you never know. If, if, if the portrait could grow old instead of me, I, I... I think I might. I... I really think I might. Big pardon, Mr. Gray. Yes, Parker, what is it? Miss Vane calling, sir. At this hour of the morning? It's not yet ten o'clock. Well, show her in, Parker. Thank you, Parker, but I'm already in. Yes, Miss. Sybil, my darling, this is indeed a surprise. An unpleasant one, Dorian. Oh, my dear, we're engaged to be married. How could seeing you be unpleasant? Well, since you haven't seen me in over a week and have broken two engagements with me, I thought it might be. Oh, no, no not at all. It's, it's just that I've, I've been terribly busy. Come now. Don't frown at me like that. Give me a kiss to show you forgive me. Oh, Dorian, you smell of brandy. I, uh, uh, I, I had a drink, yes. So early in the day? Well, I wasn't feeling well. I thought it might make me feel better. Dorian, what's happened? Happened? You've changed. You're not the same man I fell in love with, consented to marry. You haven't been the same since that portrait of you over the fireplace came into this house. Well, that's a silly thing to say. You're, you're certainly not blaming my portrait for what I do. No, I simply date the change in you from the day it was finished. But there is no change in me. You only imagine... Did I imagine you're not calling on me in a week? Did I imagine you're ignoring my messages? And, and the stories that I'm hearing about you? Do I imagine them... What stories? Stories concerning you and Lord Henry Wotton. Stories so coarse, so vile that I, I dare not repeat them. He is anything but wicked, Sybil. He, 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 he lives differently from most others, that's all. He, he, he believes in doing what you want to do, in, in living freely, without constraint. Do you believe in that, too? I, 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 I don't quite know. Dorian, darling, it's one thing to be free... Another to be depraved. You think me depraved? I think that you're easily led. And that Lord Henry is leading you into a life you'll have reason to regret. Oh, Dorian, don't look at me as if you hated me. I'm only saying these things to you because I love you. I love you deeply, devotedly, passionately. You're so precious to me. So precious, I think I'd die if anything happened to you. Oh, forgive me, Sybil. You're, you're, you, you are just as precious to me, as, as, as precious as life itself. Oh, Dorian, my dearest. Oh, sweetheart. 
Are you free this evening? Can you dine with me? Then I'll call for you at eight, Charles. Oh, wonderful. I'll spend the entire day looking forward. What? That's odd. What? Your portrait. Odd? What's odd about it? This is only the second time I've seen it, but it it seemed to me that the the first time I saw it, it it seemed that it was a superb likeness. Oh, it is. It is. Basil Holwood is one of the most... Brilliant portrait painters in all of Europe. Yes, there's no doubt of that, but, but there's something a little wrong with the mouth. <laughs> Darling, there's always something a little wrong with the mouth. <laughs> be, be serious. Your mouth is gentle and sensitive, almost tender. And the mouth of the portrait, well, don't you see it? it? It has almost a cruel look about it. Nonsense. It must be the light. No, I think it's more no, than that. No, you imagine things. Tonight at eight... I knew that was you turning into Bond Street. Oh, hello, Basil. How are you? Let me look at you. Oh, by heaven, you're the handsomest young hellion in all of London. Hellion? There's a good deal of talk going on around about your escapades, Dorian. Yours and Lord Henry. I think it's called sowing one's wild oats, Basil. Nothing more. I'm not sure. You certainly don't look as if you've been leading a dissipated life. Clear eyes, healthy skin. Ah, you delight my painter's eye, Dorian. But of course, that's why I wanted to do your portrait in the first place. And why I want your permission to exhibit it. Exhibit it? Yes. I, uh, I, I'm afraid I can't. Well, you can't? Let's say I prefer not to. Oh, I see. Well, it's, it's yours, of course, and you've every right to do with it as you wish. And I don't wish it to be exhibited. No hard feelings, I hope. Why... No, no, of course not. Uh, Dorian, will you be home later in the day? Yes. Why? Well, it needs to be varnished, uh, the portrait. It's more than a month now since I finished it. Time to give it a protective coating. Uh, Shall we say four o'clock? Well, shall we? Uh, I'm afraid you've forced me to tell you something I'd, uh, I'd rather not reveal to you, Basil. Oh? There isn't any portrait. I destroyed it. What? Oh, you, you don't mean that. I do indeed. You destroyed one of my finest... Why, in heaven's name, man, why? I simply didn't care for it, that's all. Well, you liked it well enough the first time you saw it. Very true, but the, the more I looked at it, the, 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 the more I felt it wasn't me. Well, I see that the stories about you are true. I was afraid they might be once I heard you'd become close friends with Harry Wooten. Your friend, too, Basil. Yes, but I'm older than you by 20 years, Dorian, and not easily led... Or rather misled. I am not being misled. I'm being taught, instructed, if you will, in what real pleasures life can hold if one will only let himself go. Remove it, sir? You heard me, Parker. I want the portrait taken down from over the fireplace and carted off to the attic. Whatever you say, sir, of course. But might I venture to suggest that if you had it placed in a different light... What has a different light to do about it? The light changes a good deal during the day and the portrait seems to change with it. You... You've noticed the change, then? Oh, yes, sir. The changes that take place in the differing light altogether are fascinating, sir. Much as I shall be sorry to deprive you of your entertainment, Parker, have it taken to the attic. I'll do it first thing in the morning, sir. No, damn it! You'll do it now! 
it would seem that Dorian Gray's wish is coming true. That the portrait is beginning to show the ravages of his dissipations. Not he. But if that is so, and certainly it seems to be, what price will he be forced to pay before the end is reached? Who sells his soul to the devil deals with a harsh bargainer. I'll be back shortly with Act Two. of youth. Even though only 20 years old, young Dorian Gray states that he would be willing to sell his soul to the devil if he could remain young always. While Basil Hallward's portrait of him grows old. Seemingly the devil has taken him at his word. For as Dorian Gray becomes more depraved and dissolute, the portrait shows the increasing ravages of the life he leads while he remains the same handsome youth who sat for the picture some months ago. But his fiancée, Sybil Vane, is not fooled. I beg you, as you love me, Dorian, give up this, this sordid life, this life of gutter pleasures. How do you know what kind of life I lead, Sybil? You don't live it with me. Reports of your disgusting escapades, yours and Lord Henry's, are known in every drawing room in London. If you love me, you'll give them up. Ah, but you see, that's the point. I don't love you. Don't say that, Dorian. Even if you mean it only to wound me, to strike back, don't say it. It's of no consequence to me whether I wound you or not. You're, you're not yourself. Not myself. My dear, I am more myself than I've ever been in all my life before. In any case, I'm sufficiently myself to tell you now what, for so-called reasons of decency, I have not told you before. I no longer love you. In fact, Sybil, I'm through with you. Dorian. You loved me. No longer. You gave me your heart. Your very soul. My heart, I take back. As for my soul, it belongs to another, I'm afraid. I, I, I can't believe this. You look unchanged. You look as you've always looked. Gentle, tender, compassionate, and kind. But you are not. You're cruel and vicious and ruthlessly selfish. You've become an animal. Be grateful, then, that I'm releasing you from any obligation we may have had. And please, don't be tiresome. Just go now, won't you? I love you. Whom did you say, Parker? Mr. Basil Hallward, sir. Hmm, that's who I thought you said. Well, I'm already late for the opera. Tell him I'm not at home. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, Mr. Hallward, but Mr. Gray is not... Mr. Hallward, please. You can't go in there. Hallward, how dare you? I must see you. I thought you wished never to see me again. I am not here from choice, Dorian. What did you do to Sybil Vane? I? Nothing. Whatever has been done to Sybil Vane, she did to herself. What do you mean by that nonsense? Simply that I told her I no longer love her and want none of her. Sybil is dead, Dorian. By her own hand. Pity. And now, if you'll excuse me. You... You aren't going to the opera. Why, yes. You have just heard of the death of the woman you loved. The woman who took her own life for love of you. And you can go to the opera. Death, my dear Hallward, is a most unpleasant subject. And I live only for pleasure. Good night. <laughs> 
coming. Coming. Why, Mr. Dorian, sir, did you forget your key? Damn it, man. Would I be standing out here in the cold, banging away at the door if I hadn't? Come in, Harry. Sir Henry, uh, let me take your hat and cloak, sir. You may go to bed, Parker. Thank you, sir. Good night. Now, and where shall we go after a brandy or two, Harry? I shall go home, I think. <laughs> but the evening's young. I am not. Brandy or two will revive you. And then we'll be off to where? I'm in the mood for a pipe. So... No opium for me tonight, Dorian. Ah, come along now. We'll go to that little dive down in Wapping by the dock. No, not tonight. But you can't ask me to go alone? I'm not asking you to go at all. Harry, what's come over you? Age, my dear fellow. I get tired these days. I am growing old, Dorian. A life of pleasure does exact payment. Though I must say, you look as if you keep up with your payments easily. I have no complaints. How do you do it? In the last six months since we first met in Hallward's studio, we have indulged ourselves in every form of vice, every variety of sin, giving full vent to our passions. And yet, well, look at me. I have aged 20 years in these six months keeping up with you. But you, you are as fresh and healthy and young as ever you were. How do you do it? Shall I show you my secret? Show me. I keep a diary. A rather remarkable diary, Harry. In it is recorded every single action of mine since... since that fatal day. Fatal day? The day we met. I thought you were grateful for our meeting. Why do you say fatal day? Come and read my diary and you'll see. Uh, bring your brandy. All these stairs, Dorian. Where are you taking me? The attic. To keep your diary in the attic? You'll see. Here we are. Wait a moment while I light a candle. All right, Harry. There. In that corner. I can't see a thing. Too dark. Too many shadows. It's a dark diary, Harry. And it has many shadows. Here. Take this candle. Now. Go forward. Good Lord. I thought you'd be shocked, Harry. Shocked? I'm shattered. Where did you get this? This hideous painting? Basil Hallward. Impossible. Basil never painted anything as unholy, ungodly as this. Well, really, he didn't. I did. You? And you. Dorian, I'm tiring quickly of your veiled answers. What is this thing? It is a portrait done by Basil Hallward. It is the portrait of Dorian Gray. Of you? This? Is the portrait he finished that day? It was. It no longer is. But I don't understand it. What has happened here? <laughs> what indeed? Dorian, tell me. What? I made a wish in Hallward's studio. You remember? No. I said I would willingly sell my soul to the devil if I could remain forever youthful. No matter what excesses of physical pleasure I indulged in. And only this portrait aged. Yes. Now I remember, yes. The but... devil heard. And remembered. Even though you did not. This is... 
It's incredible. So have been the vile delights you revealed to me, Harry. The uh, gutter pleasures, as Sybil termed them. Sybil Vane, your fiancée? Yes. She's dead, Harry. Oh, no. Ah, yes. And by her own hands. Suicide? Why? Why? She was such a lovely thing, fresh as a rose, innocent as a new-fallen snowflake. You break my heart to tell me this. Why would she have done such a thing? Well, she didn't. I did. You? And again, you. Damn enough of this, I say. What in hell's name are you getting at? I think the truth. What truth? That you were wrong. Tragically wrong. You said that day. That day in Basil's studio. The body sins once and has done with its sin. For action is a mode of purification. Oh, Harry... Harry, how wrong you were. Not wrong. Beaten, whipped, vanquished, conquered by my own vices. And you led me into a life of sin? Led? Who led? You wanted it. I tell you truly that I have never been so appalled by such viciousness as I found in you. You said... That day you said... The only way to get rid of temptation is to yield to it. But I might have added that the only way to overcome temptation is to fight it. What are you holding there in your hand? I can't see in the candlelight. What? A knife. What are you going to do with it? Kill you. Why? You deserve to die. Or put another way, you don't deserve to live. You will never learn, will you? Life isn't something you deserve. It's a burden you must carry. Then be grateful to me, Harry. I'm about to relieve you of your... No! A good deed. Well done. Do you not agree, Portrait? Speak to me, my likeness. My soul... Have I not done well to rid the world of this creature? Speak! I tell you... Speak! Oh, Lord! What's this? The hands... The hands of the portrait... Bloodied! One with the blood of Harry... But the other... Ah, yes... Sybil... Poor, dear, innocent Sybil. Oh, Lord! I fall on my knees and beg you. Forgive me. Forgive me. I knew not what I did. You, you, you knew. that the pleasure of minutes must be paid for in hours. As you sow, so shall you reap. Is that it? Appears that way. 
Well, Dorian Gray sowed much seed, and his reaping of the harvest was not yet over, as we'll hear when I return shortly with Act Three. the gods grind slowly, but they grind exceeding fine, as they did and were yet to do for Dorian Gray. See him as he sits now, near three in the morning, in the library of his London house, a youth uncommonly handsome, not a line in his attractive face, the personification of young innocence, yet in the attic above stands the portrait of, not him, but his soul. A soul made hideous by unmentionable sins. Oh, Basil, I'm grateful to you for coming. I, I, I cannot tell you how grateful. You should be. Candidly, I don't know why I came. But the message you sent with Parker... Well, I'd be inhuman not to answer such a plea, even from the likes of you. Sit down. Let me give you a brandy. No. Now tell me what you want of me and be quick about it. Oh, I need your help. I am desperate. So I gathered from your message. Will you help me? I should not be here at three in the morning otherwise. Yes, I'll help you if I can. Though you don't deserve it. I'll do it for the friendship we once had. Well, I... I went to the opera tonight with Sir Henry. You forget I brought you the news of Sybil Vane's death. Oh, yes, yes. And you were scandalized, justifiably so, that, that I should still attend the opera. On our return here, Harry and I quarreled. And Basil... I killed him. Dorian. I stabbed him to death. At this moment, his body lies upstairs in the attic. The attic? It was there. I killed him in, 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 in a sudden fit of rage. What in the world were you doing in the attic? I had taken him there to show him my portrait. What portrait? The one you did of me. The one I... But, Dorian, you told me you destroyed it. I lied. I, I, I didn't want you to exhibit it. You, you couldn't have in any case, but I... I... I didn't even want you to see it. Why in heaven's name not? You will see when we go up. You want me to go up there? Basil, you, you... You must get rid of the body for me. What? Are you mad? It would involve me in a murder. A murder for which you bear as much responsibility as I... Responsibility? I bear as much as... You I... painted the portrait. You introduced me to Sir Henry. Had it not been for either, I... I, I should not be in this frightful situation. Nonsense. You can't blame me for what you... Help yourself... me. I beg you. I tell you, no. Get someone else, anyone, or do it yourself. I can't. I dare not touch the body. I dare not even go near it. It revolts me. If, I say if, I were to consent to this, how am I to get rid of the body? You came in your carriage... Did you not? Yes. All right. All right. You have only to carry the body down from the attic, put it in your carriage, drive to the river, and dump it in. What if I am seen? Well, you must take care not to be. Basil, please, for the friendship you once bore me, for the responsibility you do bear in all this, whether you agree or not, please. Well, I can at least go up with you and, and see what may be done. Thank you, Basil. Thank you. I'll, I'll take the candelabra. Follow me. Uh, 
there, Basil. Don't stumble. There. Whatever Harry may have been, he was my friend. But I cannot help but say, the world is well rid of him. As it will be of me. I'll not deny it. No. Where is the portrait? Oh, you don't want to see that. Dorian, if you wish me to help you get rid of Harry's body, then you'll have to let me see the portrait. It's that or nothing. Very well. It's there, in the corner. Here, take the candelabra. Oh, thank you. You see? Oh. But this is horrible. It's hideous. I never painted this. No. I did. No, it can't be. The room is damp. Mildew has got into the canvas. That would account for the... the green splotches on the cheeks. The paints I used had some mineral poison in them. Hence, the cancerous growths on the nose, the forehead. Oh, heaven help me. This is the face of a... of a monster. Yes, Basil. The face of a monster. If this... The face of my soul. If this... If this is what you are, truly are... It is. I am. And I have nothing to do with you. Oh, you're not human. You're a devil. A fiend. Oh, let me out of here. Wait. You said you'd help. I must get out of here. I must leave this hellhole you call a hole. Basil. No, come back. Help me, Basil. You must help me. (laughs) Help me. Someone help. from British Charities. Oh, yes. Yes, show, show her in. Uh, uh, Parker? Sir? You conveyed my order to the other servants? About the attic, oh, yes. No one will enter the attic, sir, without your permission. Not even you? Not even I, sir. Show Miss Wilson in. You come this way, Miss Wilson. Miss Catherine Wilson. Good of you to come, Miss Wilson. Won't you sit down? Thank you, Mr. Gray. May I say it's good of you to wish to contribute so handsome a sum to our charity. Yes, uh, tell, tell me about your charity. How, how will the money I give you be spent? Oh, in many ways. To help poor children, orphans, widows in need of assistance, young people... Young not... people? Well, yes. Young men, young women, many of whom need help in all sorts of ways... Why do you look at me like that? What? What did you say your name is? Catherine Wilson. Why do you ask? You, you look... You look very much like a young woman I... I was engaged to marry once. It's strange. You, you didn't look like her when you came in, but now you... You seem to be changing before my very eyes. Well, I, no, Mr. Gray. I am me. No. <laughs> No, you're not. You... You're Sybil Vane. Mr. Gray. You're Sybil. Only you can't be because you're dead. Dead. You are dead, aren't you? Please, Mr. Gray, take your hands off me. What's come over you, sir? You're you're not dead. 
you are here. It, it is you. Ah, Sybil. Sybil, my darling. Mr. Jay, no, please. don't pull away. Let me hold you, embrace you, love you as I once. Oh. Oh, good Lord. Oh. What am I doing? You're... You're not Sybil Vane. Mr. Gray, I'm, I'm afraid you're ill, not yourself. I'll... I shall come back some no. other day. No. Good day, Mr. Gray. What happened to me? What is happening to me? Sir? Are you all right? The young lady said she thought you were ill. I... I confess, I... I, I don't feel altogether well. Some brandy, sir? Yes. Please, Harry. Big pardon, sir. Why? Why? Well, I, I think you called me Harry. Oh, how sir. could I possibly have called you Harry? Harry's dead. Sir? Henry dead, sir? What? What? Sir, you are ill. No, 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 no. Don't try to get up, sir. Sit right there. I'll fetch the brandy. Yes. Yes, do that. You'll forgive my saying so, sir, but to judge from Sir Henry's high spirits when you returned from the opera last night, he has many years yet to live. In hell. Sir, you're saying the strangest things. Here, here, drink this. Oh, thank you, Harry. Sir, it's Parker, your manservant. The best servant a man ever had. A devoted man, more friend than servant. Better friend than any of them. Better friend than you are, Harry. You swine, sir. Get out, Harry. Damn you. Get out! Mr. Dorian, sir. What? What, Parker? Sir, I'm going to fetch the doctor. Doctor? <laughs> the doctor can help me, Parker. Permit me to differ, sir. I, I shall fetch him at once. Parker, sir. It's 11 o'clock. I thought I'd just look in on you before retiring. How do you feel, sir? Not well. I can't sleep. The powders the doctor prescribed, they, they don't help. They've made me worse, if anything. Filled my head with all sorts of fearful thoughts, Parker. Nightmarish thoughts of death. Decay. Uh, <laughs> what have I done? Oh, what have I done? Yeah, no, Mr. Dorian, don't take on so. Why, for a man like you to have thoughts of death, that's so ridiculous, sir. Look at you, so young, so handsome, so full of spirit. I am old and ugly and decayed. Oh, sir, if you could see yourself in the glass, but never mind now. Here, let me... Pull the quilt up around your shoulders, and then you'll sleep. Oh, one thing more. Who was that at the front door earlier tonight? Oh, uh, nothing important, sir. It was a message from Mr. Hallward's housekeeper, sir. Basil's housekeeper? Why would she send a message? Oh, uh, she thought you'd want to know, since you were one of his closest friends. Were... Oh, I'm sorry to tell you he's 
did, sir. How? He took his own life, sir. Oh. Oh. Oh, sir. Sir, oh. I, I shouldn't have told you. Oh, I'll no. fetch the doctor. No, no. Yeah, you need help. Yes, yes. And you can help me, partner. Anything, sir, anything. Help me. Help me to the attic. Attic? I feel too weak to go alone. Nor do I dare go alone. And there is something I must do. Help me, good friend. Please help me. Careful, careful. Let me get an arm around you. The candle here. The candle. Can you manage easily? Let us go then. What is it you wish to do? I shall... I shall need a knife. I'll go down and fetch it. No. No need. No need. Shine that candle over there. Yes, sir. <gasps> Mr. Torian, that... That looks like a body. A dead body. It is. It is... Sir Henry's body. Sir Henry? I... Murdered him last night with a knife. It is in his back. Take it out and bring it to me. Oh, sir. You said you would help me. Yes, yes, and I shall. The knife, sir. And now, the portrait. Mr. Hallward's painting of you. The one we brought up here months ago. It is still there, in the corner. Amidst the shadows. I must destroy it. Oh, no, sir. Bring the candle. Sir, I don't know what this is all about. Sir Henry murdered, destroying your portrait. One of the most beautiful paintings that ever... Oh, no. Yes. Now you see why it must be destroyed. It will be destroyed. By me. Now. Yes. Into hell with you. And there, burn in the nethermost fires of the pit. Suffer, suffer every torture and torment the devil can heap upon you for the purification of your soul. Ah! Mr. Dorian, Mr. Dorian. The portrait. Look at the portrait. It's changing. Heaven protect us, it's changing before my very eyes. That, that hideous monster is becoming young and handsome and, and beautiful. It's you, sir. You, as Mr. Holworth painted you. Yeah, let me hold you up so you can look for... Yeah. Oh, you, you have a coming. Yes, withered, scabrous, loathsome... I have become what I really am. The true picture of Dorian Gray. <laughs> and so died Dorian Gray, turning physically into the hideous and loathsome thing which was his soul. As the portrait became once again the handsome youth he once had been. As I read the picture of Dorian Gray, I couldn't help but wonder if our modern penchant for doing your own thing 
might not be leading some of us, at least, to the same end as poor Dorian. I don't know. What do you think? If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.